0: Coming up on today's episode, a strictly NBA podcast for you guys here today. We're taking a break from the NFL, putting a couple Dolphins things aside here for the week, and we're talking all NBA. Obviously, all-star break was last weekend, so getting back into the fold of things, seeing who's good, who's not good, who's a pretender, who's a contender. We talk about the Lakers a little bit, talk about these games over this past weekend, talk about Harden's debut and how he's been performing in Philly. And then we talk about our Miami Heat, who continue to dominate. Talk about Bam's big, big performance against the Spurs over the weekend. And then the big matchup last night with the Heat and the Chicago Bulls. We're going to recap that one as well. All that coming up on the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. Welcome to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast, where today... Is gonna be a little bit of a special episode, a little bit different than normally, but why not? Why not try a few different things? So, obviously, with the NFL season over, as you know, and then our dolphins got new head coach, new coaching staff. I dove deep into all of those. Check it out on the last podcast if you haven't already, by the way. But let's just take a little bit of a break from the NFL. Obviously, the offseason is here. You know, there's still a couple moving parts yet to discuss. Obviously, free agency coming up with the Dolphins, obviously, the draft. We're going to get into all of that stuff. So, don't you worry. But let's just talk strictly NBA because there is a lot of NBA talk to talk about. So, obviously, last week was the All Star game, right? And usually, after the All Star game, that's when people really start kicking up in the NBA. That's when you pretty much know who the real teams are, who are the pretenders. Who are the contenders, right, as they say? And right away. I mean, the NBA got started last Thursday, and they did not disappoint. I mean, off the bat, you had great, great performances. You had the Chicago Bulls tearing it up and DeMar DeRozan continuing his streak. I mean, he was unbelievable this past week. I mean, the dude's just putting up 30-plus every single night like there's no tomorrow. And it's really crazy, honestly. And I'm going to give him a little bit of love, even though this is a team that Us as Heat fans, we're battling against them. We have to really keep our eye out on them. I mean, their ability to just continue to win games despite being hammered with injuries. I mean, Caruso is out. Lonzo Ball is out. Levine has missed time on and off. Vucevic has missed time on and off. And the Chicago Bulls continue to stay afloat. And it's just like the Miami Heat. It's the same type of vibe that you get. Obviously, You know, they're kind of more centered around that score and DeMar DeRozan. We're kind of more of a team, you know, a lot of team ball. You Anybody can be the leading scorer any given night. But their ability to also be another team that has guys step in, you know, next man up mentality, that heat culture mentality, that the Chicago Bulls are right up there, honestly. And they definitely do deserve respect. But other than that, I mean, over the weekend, obviously we're going to talk about the heat in a little bit, but over the weekend... Lakers playing the Clippers, the Clippers beating them 105-102. I mean, trouble in L.A., that's for sure. And it's crazy because, you know, you think to yourself, you look at the standings, you look at where the Lakers are, you're like, okay, there's no more time to really mess up here. I mean, it's go time. It's go time for LeBron, it's go time for the Lakers, the fan base, everything. And they come right off the All-Star break at home, and you're thinking they're going to turn it up. And they picked up a loss. I mean, the L.A. Lakers are just a complete joke at this point. (laughs) I mean, every time you think they're going to get a win, they just continue to disappoint. Another thing interesting that happened Friday night, and that's James Harden. James Harden making his Philadelphia debut against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And my goodness, when I tell you the man was on one, I mean, he was freaking on one. All right, he finished with 27 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds. And then Joel Embiid said, let me get mine. 34 points, 10 rebounds. Maxi also, 28 points, 12 of 16. And they got their own little big three going. Tobias Harris is honestly like a, an outlier at this point. But he gives you a little something there. But, man, I'm telling you, James Harden's debut, you know, I was watching the game, and I was just stunned. I was like, wow. I mean, this guy looks freaking good. It looks like he literally has turned it up a notch. It's like he was, he had so much in his bag that he was holding back in Brooklyn, and he's really starting to bring that out. He had like this new step back he was pulling off. I mean, he drained what? Five threes, five for seven from three in his debut. And obviously, his passing ability, pushing the ball ahead, and you just feel like this new type of energy within the Sixers team that if you're, you're watching and you don't feel that energy, I mean, I, I don't know what you're watching, And this is why I said, you know me as a He fan, and a lot of you guys listening,' is like, I'm really scared for this team. I mean, going to play a Philadelphia 76ers team, it's, it's going to be a tough ass out, and we're going to get to see them next month. I will be attending that game. I can't wait for that, so we will see them soon, and that's going to be really, really telling to see how far we are apart from each other when it's all, when it's all said and done. Obviously, playoffs is a different story, but You know, both of these teams take the regular season seriously, so we should be able to get a treat there. But let's talk about the rest of the games in the weekend, right? The Grizzlies and the Bulls, (laughs) that was an exciting one as well. John Moran had 46 freaking points, 15 of 28. So we talk about what? They say, you know, sometimes after the All-Star break, a couple of people have that All-Star hangover where they need to, you know, pick up the slack. They're a little rusty. Not for John Morant. I mean, 46 freaking points on the road against a tough Chicago team, you know, going against DeMar DeRozan, who had 31 that night. Grizzlies improved to 42 and 20. They continued to ball and the Nets beating the the Milwaukee Bucks on primetime television in Milwaukee. Kyrie Irving out of his mind, 14 for 26, 38 points, five rebounds, five assists, and beating the Bucks 126-123. to 123. And then Sunday, man, I mean, talk about a treat as an NBA fan. I mean, it felt like Christmas Day. We had a bunch of games on national television throughout the whole day. Treat after treat. I mean, it started off with the 76ers taking on the New York Knicks at the Garden. James Harden, guess what he did? 29 points, 16 assists, 10 freaking rebounds, and Joel Embiid, 37 points and 9 rebounds. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's scary. I'm telling you, it's really really scary what they got going on in Philadelphia. Um then another game on ESPN that night, the Utah Jazz, they beat the Phoenix Suns 118 to 114. That game was just back and forth throughout. I love watching this matchup. I'll tell you what. This matchup right here with the Jazz and the Suns, every single time they play up they play each other, it's just must-see TV. Donovan Mitchell was out of his mind, 26 points. But Jordan Clarkson, in my opinion, that was the X factor. 22 points off the bench. He was big time. Devin Booker had 30, but it was not enough. Ultimately, this, this team is really going to miss Chris Paul. Honestly, I like to see the step that Devin Booker is taking. He's taking more of that leadership role. He's rebounding the ball better. He's definitely dishing, getting a lot of assists, racking it up. So showing a little bit of his game. And that's good for him. Like, I love to see that, especially, you know, me being a Devin Booker fan. But this team really, 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 really needs Chris Paul back out there. And they need him fast, but he has to recover. Good thing that he'll be good to go, definitely by playoff time. But you can tell, you can tell they definitely, definitely miss, miss him. Pelicans beating the Los Angeles Lakers 123-95. to on Sunday night as well and they gain a game on the LA Lakers and the LA Lakers sit right now at 27 and 33 ninth seed in the Western Conference I mean (laughs) this is just laughable at this point honestly I'm enjoying every bit of it because as you guys know that listen to me dearly I am not the biggest LeBron guy I'm actually not a LeBron fan obviously I do appreciate his time here in Miami And what he gave to us, obviously those four finals runs, those two championship teams, those were something that we won't ever forget, definitely as he fans. But I I just hate him for the way he handled himself, like the way he exited. You know, we all, like, loved him here in Miami. Pat Riley loved him. And he showed up Pat Riley. Like, he made it seem like he was coming back. Pat Riley thought he was coming back. Then he did the bullshit and left. So... When you do Pat Riley dirty like that, and Pat Riley knows, I mean, you guys all saw the press conference when he's basically taking shots at LeBron. Like, I don't i don't forget that. So for that reason, I, I root for LeBron to lose. I mean, I root for him to lose every single time, ever since he left the Heat. So I, I'm enjoying this. And you know what's crazy? I feel like LeBron's time in L.A. doesn't get talked about enough as as a whole. You know, I feel like everybody this year you know, is, is making fun of the Lakers because they keep losing to these crappy teams and they're going down in flames. And, you know, you hear the Lawashed, washed, you know, the washed king and all, all these jokes and then the jokes about Westbrook. But what gets lost, in my opinion, is the Lakers' tenure as a whole. I mean, I feel like it's, it's an embarrassment. I mean, since LeBron left Cleveland, first year in L.A., missed the playoffs. Second year in L.A., Won the championship. Won the championship in the bubble, though. Meaning there was a little bit of a break before the continued season. You can argue, honestly, that if it wasn't for that break, Anthony Davis might not be healthy. I mean, would he be able to play that complete season? Something that we don't really see in AD. You can argue that, right? But we'll give them that. They won the championship year two. Year three. Eliminated in the first round to the Phoenix Suns. Okay. And now year four, 27 and 33, ninth seed in the West. I mean, there's no freaking chance they're going to win the championship this year. So look at that. One ring and three disaster seasons. That, that's like unbelievable to me because of how hyped up, like, how much hype is around, like, the LeBron to L.A., like, L.A., LeBron, like, this is so cool, like, this is so flashy, like, they overhyped the hell out of that shit. But in, as a whole, this has been a complete disaster. I mean, at least in Cleveland, he won the one chip, right? But he made it to the finals every single year, so he was one for four there. All right, made it to the finals and lost in the finals. Does it suck? Yeah, but you were making it to the finals. His time with the Heat, right? Made it to the finals four straight years. One, two out of that. So you make it four straight years with the Heat. You go back to Cleveland. You make it four straight years again. And then you get to L.A. And this is just embarrassing. And it's, it, to me, it's, that it's not embarrassing, right? Because you did win a championship. But when you talk about the LeBron fans in particular, right, that hype this man up, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing because of how high you guys hold LeBron. They hold LeBron to... Oh, LeBron never misses the playoffs. And then after they miss, he's like, LeBron never loses in the first round. He's undefeated. Then he loses in the first round. It's like, okay, what else now? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, to me, I just wanted to throw that out there. It's just funny to me, honestly. And then, you know, you have the LeBron fans out there that say they just make excuses, but they never, the same excuses they make, they don't take it for themselves, right? For example, they'll go, year three. We lost in the first round to Phoenix because Anthony Davis got hurt. It's like, okay, that's funny. You know, he played he played a lot of the games in the se- in the series though. But you want to ride with that? Okay. So why doesn't that count? But you don't get a pass for beating the Heat when Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo were hurt in that series. It's funny, ain't it? <laughs> I'm telling you, Lebron fan Lebron fans are probably. <sighs> Some of the craziest characters out there, I'll tell you that. But back to NBA talk. So the Lakers continuing to look terrible. Another team I think that's looked impressive, though, that I want to shout out, besides Memphis, besides Utah, Golden State, and Phoenix, is honestly the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, they're 32-29. and 29. You look at the record, it's not too impressive. But their they're stretch over the last, like, 25 games, I've been watching them closely. They've been doing some pretty good things, so keep an eye on the Timberwolves. I mean, right now, sitting at the seventh seed in the West, I don't think they're going to get far in the playoffs, but what they're doing right now is definitely noteworthy, honestly. But let's talk about our freaking Miami Heat, right? Man, I'm telling you, the more I watch this team, it's just, I like, I just continue to just get impressed time and time again every single game, what this team just embodies every day. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch. So right after the All-Star break, we kick things off right away. And what better way to come back from the All-Star break but to play in freaking Madison Square Garden against the rival New York Knicks, man. I personally was going to go to this game, but once I saw the tickets to that game, I was like, man, I don't know. Seems like a hot buy, but it was an entertaining game. This game was on ESPN. I had a couple of buddies of mine that were at the game they sent me pictures. I you know, I was there in spirit, but man, it, it was definitely an exciting game. A lot of back and forth action throughout. You know, the heat were up big, then the Knicks pulled through, came back, but then he ultimately opening it up at the end. But man, I mean, the performance from Tyler Hero. <laughs> you know, if you guys remember on my last podcast I said, all right, this is kind of like a stat padding game. Like who's going to have that MSG moment? Is it going to be bam? Is it going to be Tyler? To me, I mean, Tyler Hero was on one. I mean, off the bench, shooting 9 of 18, netting 25 points, 7 rebounds to assists, Four threes to go along with that. He was big time. Kyle Larry, 19 points, 9 rebounds. Bam out of bio, 16 points, 16 rebounds. How about that? And then Jimmy freaking Buck is doing what he does, scoring 20 plus, light work, 23 freaking points. Dude was big time. But how about on the other end for the New York Knicks? RJ freaking Barrett, man. 46 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 13 of 22 from the field, 6 for 11 from 3. That man was on some shit that was ridiculous. You know, I'm a guy that watches RJ Barrett here and there and it's kind of he has kind of this inconsistent game, but man, I mean, he was freaking on one. Like everything he threw up against that he was going in. It was unbelievable, but that just goes to show you how bad the Knicks really are. I mean, the fact that you have 46 points from a player like rj barrett six threes and you still lose the freaking game by 15 points i mean that's that's embarrassing julius randall two of 15 from the field 11 points he was terrible out there i mean he just his season's been a complete mess and this is just crazy following the year he had last year i kind of knew you know as a kentucky fan i knew he was playing out of his mind, like something that he's normally not like. You know what I mean? I think Julius Randle's a really good player, but he was playing to like a great, great player last year. And then people really started overhyping him. And I was always saying people really got to slow down. And there you have it. I mean, Julius Randle is just, he looks like a complete mess out there. I mean, This is not just against the Heat. This is pretty much all season. I mean, this guy's spinning into double teams. He's leaving his feet, throwing the ball, not making up his mind. Once he gets double, he doesn't know what to do. It's just exactly what you saw in the playoffs, that Atlanta was able to take advantage of him. That's the same shit that you're starting to see throughout the whole season for the Knicks. But, hey, obviously us Heat fans, we don't feel bad for them at all. But, man, they hit hit 14 three-pointers against us. We hit 11. And still, still lost by 15. But hey, moving on up, right? So that brought us to Saturday night where the Heat played the second night of a back-to-back in Miami. So they traveled and they were taking on a San Antonio Spurs team who played in a crazy, crazy double overtime game in Washington the night before. Both teams are playing on the second half of back-to-back. Both teams traveled, but the Spurs playing two overtimes. So for against us, they had no DeJounte Murray, their best player, their all-star player. That dude's a freaking stud, by the way. Right then and there, I'm thinking, man, this is going to be a light, light win for us. I mean, they're tired. They have no DeJounte Murray. We're at home. Shit. we're about to bust this team's ass? Uh Uh-uh. Man, when I tell you this game was just came down to the wire, it came down to the freaking wire. I mean, oh my goodness. The game was awesome. If you missed it. It finished off with the Heat winning 133 to 129, following a crazy performance by Bam Adebayo. But this game, honestly, was just, it was one to watch. Like, it was entertaining. Obviously, it was a back and forth, like a crazy swing game. Like, the Spurs were up 16, and then we were also up 17, and the ultimate being (laughs) a four-point win for the Heat. But, man, threes were flying up and down. (laughs) I mean, the Spurs had 14 three-pointers. The Heat netted 12 of them. Spurs shot 55.6% from the field. We shot 56% from the field. Man, I'm telling you, like, this game was definitely entertaining. Um, why not? <laughs> I mean, I wanted to see an entertaining game. I'm, I'm kind of I'm already used to the heat just smacking teams left and right when we get a win or losing. But, you know, these close, close games when you pull through, I mean, these are the fun ones. So it was fun. It was fun to enjoy as a fan. Uh, bam out of buy, like I talked about. 36 freaking points, seven rebounds, four assists. He liked to see the rebounds up, but he played that aggressive game that fans have been asking for. Bam, play aggressive. Bam, shoot the mid range. Bam, take it inside. Be this, be that. I'm pretty sure all of those people that are constantly critiquing Bam's game were quiet about that. It was 14 to 21 for the from the field. Absolutely took over, especially in that fourth quarter. I mean, Bam was lights out. Love to see that aggression from Bam. Kyle Lowry had a double double with 13 points and 10 assists. Jimmy Butler seven for 11 from the field, 27 points, and then Tyler Hero doing Tyler Hero things, 27 points off the bench, 11 of 19, efficient, efficient, efficient. Tyler Hero continuing this remarkable season. I'm telling you, if he doesn't win six man of the year, uh, sh- shit, I don't know. What, I don't know, man. I don't know, but we're lined up to win some awards. That's for damn sure. I mean, Eric Spoelstra and Tyler Hero constantly making a case for themselves but on the other hand Devin Vassell 22 points for the San Antonio Spurs Lonnie Walker 22 points for the Spurs and Bates Diop 9 of 10 from the field 22 points 11 boards I mean you got all these guys that you're like who I mean, everything they threw up, everything they threw up was going in for the Spurs. But like I said, Bam Adebayo was really the X factor in this game. And he just flipped this freaking switch in the fourth quarter where he could not be stopped. And it was honestly on both ends. I mean, the dude was blocking shots, getting steals, putting it in, and one, shooting mid ranges, And just everything you like to see from Bam Adebayo, he flipped that switch, took that game over. And that's one thing you love to see. I'm telling you, if you can get that from Bam on a night-to-night basis, I mean, it's, I'm telling you, like, that's just crazy, like, that's that type of, that's the type of thing that'll separate, really, himself from a lot of players in the NBA, especially a lot of big men, if he can do what he did against the Spurs every single night, I mean, my God, but then again, you know, bam out of is gonna be bam out of bio, all right, he's not gonna force things when it's not there, but hey, credit to him, because the opportunity was there for him, and they needed it, and he was able to take advantage, so, Bam Adebayo tallied that up, got us a four-point win, got us the first seed in the Eastern Conference, and that set up everything for the big, big game last night with the Miami Heat at home against the Chicago Bulls for first place in the Eastern Conference, and the Miami Heat did not shy away at all, absolutely just beating the shit out of the Chicago Bulls, and they... This honestly was over early, honestly. I mean, Jimmy Butler began with eight points straight up in the first quarter, four rebounds, one assist, making his presence felt, setting the tone for the Heat, and the Heat didn't look back. I mean, obviously, they won the quarter in the first quarter by nine points. Later on after that, Gabe Vincent just provided this crazy spark. I mean, he was bombing threes left and right. Bam out of bio contributed doing what he did. Tyler Hero, you know what you're getting from him on a night-to-night basis. And then Duncan Robinson said, let me get into the mix, hitting a couple threes of his own, hit three of them, finished with nine points, and ultimately the Miami Heat win 112-99, and honestly, what I thought was probably one of the most impressive wins of the season. I mean, when you think about what's at stake here, you're playing for first place in the Eastern Conference, you got a hungry Chicago Bulls team that's coming into your house, wanting to prove something, you know? we beat them the last time too so chicago meant all business like they wanted to win this game they needed to win this game and they didn't you also talk about the streak of demar derozan right 30 points per game well 30 points for 10 straight games he needed one more to tie michael jordan's record and you know that he look at shit like that you know that he take things like that personally and then hey demar derozan shut down 18 points is what he finished with. I mean, you rarely, rarely see that from DeMar DeRozan, especially this season. 18 points, not even reaching 20. I mean, man, the Heat were on it. They had a game plan, and they freaking executed. I um, mean, you know, you know, 112 to 99, that sounds okay. It sounds like a close game, but those of you guys that watch this game, I mean, the Heat meant all business. Like, right when that second half started especially, I mean, they just— they just beat the shit out of them. I mean, the Heat were up like 20, like up and down throughout this entire game. I mean, their largest lead was 24. <laughs> so, I mean, the Miami Heat beat them in field goal percentage. They beat them in three points. I mean, the, the Heat netted 12 three-pointers to Chicago 7. Everything. I mean, you, you look at the box score. We out-rebounded them, got more assists than them. They had one more steal. We had more blocks. We had less turnovers, less fouls. And then their largest lead was four and ours was 24. So Miami Heat, straight getting to freaking business. Gabe Vincent with 20 points, like I said, hit four three-pointers. Bam, out of bio, had 15, 7, and 5. Jimmy Butler, 15, 7, and 4. P.J. Tucker was two for three with four points, four rebounds, three assists. But obviously, you know, P.J. Tucker's not that box score type of guy. You don't really see his presence there, but Caleb Martin, nine points, including a big-time poster, which was freaking nasty. Caleb Martin is another guy who you don't really see his numbers on the box score, although he can light it up from, here, from time to time. But his presence mainly is on the defensive end. He's another guy like P.J. Tucker, ultimate glue guy. Uh, Max Strews, 23 minutes off the bench, five, or, 5 of 11, 3 for 7 from 3, 13 points. And then yours truly, Tyler Hero. 20 points, 7 of 13 from the field, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, was grabbing rebounds, was making some phenomenal passes, hit bam on a nice little outlet pass that that had an and one to it. Love to see that from Tyler Heros just expanding his game and just being that consistent spark that we're desperately going to need throughout the, you know, the, the late stretch here. So Miami Heat. Hold first place and now have a two-game lead and hold the tiebreaker over Chicago. Man, 41-21. and Like, that sounds freaking amazing. So now the standings resolve as the Heat. First place in the East. Second, Chicago. Third, Philadelphia. And they're climbing. And then Cleveland at four. Milwaukee at five. Uh, I believe Milwaukee is finishing up their game. They're probably going to jump to four here, and then Cleveland at five. Boston six, and then you have that drop-off, seven, eight, nine, and ten, with Toronto, Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Atlanta. Other news on Monday that I have to just quickly talk about. Ja freaking Moran. (laughs) Listen, the Memphis Grizzlies... Beating the San Antonio Spurs, 118-105. to John Moran having a career-high 52 points. Seven rebounds, two assists, which is kind of weird to say. When a point guard only has two assists, you're like, how the hell is that possible? It shouldn't happen. But hey, John Moran is special. Nonetheless, I mean, he is special. Shooting 22 for 30. From the field. I mean, 30 shot attempts, you're looking at, like, holy shit, but you're talking about making 22 of them? 22 field goals in a game. Like, that's impressive shit. Like, he really, really, really worked for that 52. So, John Morant, man, he gets a special, special shout-out. Obviously, not a Miami Heat player, but, man, when you look at the season that John Morant's having, and this run especially, and I talked about it earlier on this podcast, talked about his 40-piece game against Chicago. I mean. You follow, you have 46 against Chicago. And then the next game, you have 52. I mean, that's crazy. (laughs) That's literally crazy. 52 points and the game before, 46. And mind you, a couple games before the All Star break, he had 44 against Portland. I mean, it's honestly time that we might have to put his name as a candidate in the MVP race, honestly. Like, I really, really mean that. Like, if I had to say my top five MVP candidates, I think he's right up there. I'm going with probably Joel Embiid, number one. Uh, I'm going with Giannis, number two. Because, I mean, Giannis's season is another season that's remarkable. And I feel like it's not getting enough attention. I mean, Giannis right now is averaging 29.4 points a game, shooting over 54%. 11.3 rebounds and six assists. I mean, 29, 11, and six. And you're shooting over 54%. I mean, it's hard to give not give him MVP, like, honestly. But, you know, it's a whole narrative thing. And I know Joel was runner-up last year, and he kind of deserves it this year because he's, you know, being consistent. And it's tough for a big man like that to really play at this level. So I, I can see why people are on the Embiid thing. That's why I am on it as well. Uh, so he would be my— first and then Giannis would be my second and beat obviously 29.8 points a game you can narrow, uh, round that up to 30 shooting 49 percent from the field 11.1 rebounds and 4.4 assists and obviously I mean the force that Joel Embiid is it, it's remarkable uh Nikola Jokic honestly that's my third that's my third pick for the MVP and the reason why is just like he's not getting enough attention but if you watch what he's able to do it's it's kind of crazy. It, I mean, even if you look at the stats alone, you know, people love stats. So Jokic has 25.5 points per game, shooting 56% from the field, 13.8 rebounds, and 8 assists. 25, 13, and 8. Well, 13.8 rounded up to 14. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's averaging 25, 14, and 8. Shit, I mean, I mean, are we really, really gonna leave that guy out of the MVP race? I mean, it's, <laughs> hey man, that that's that's pretty impressive stuff, to be honest with you. Number four, I'm gonna say Ja Morant. I'm going to say John Moran, averaging 27.1 points per game, 5.9 rebounds a game, and 6.7 assists per game, shooting 49%. Obviously had the 50-piece that I just mentioned on Monday night. And then the previous game, 46 points, making his first All-Star game. And the Memphis Grizzlies are 43-20. and The Memphis Grizzlies are 43-20, and third seed in the Western Conference. That's MVP consideration right there. Honestly, it really is. Now, number five, you know, you think about guys that were up there for me. I honestly had Chris Paul. I had Chris Paul as a guy. The stats don't really wow you, but when you talk about what he does and what he brings to the Phoenix Suns team, the leadership itself, how he's able to provide and clutch moments still at the age. I mean, still make the All-Star game and ultimately lead the Phoenix Suns to the best record in the NBA. I absolutely think that deserves some consideration. So Chris Paul honestly was in my top five. I actually had him ranked four. And low-key creeping up, honestly. But obviously the injury right now, he's out for four weeks, maybe even six weeks. That's obviously going to take a toll. You can leave that out the window. You think about LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James, he should get some consideration. I mean, he's having a remarkable season. But, I mean, are you really going to put a guy with their team in the ninth seat in the West as a candidate? i don't really think so kevin durant was another one that i was considering because he was playing out of his mind but the injury did take a lot of time out of his hands so you can't you know injuries hurt things like this like you have to really stay healthy for majority of the season a big big portion for you to get this mvp consideration that's just how it goes i mean it sucks but you got to stay healthy it's mvp it's a regular season award so if you're missing games in the regular season then you know what i mean so fifth might upset a couple he fans but i'm going with demar derozan now despite the game against yours truly other than that he's been remarkable i mean his last 10 games he's t- you're talking about hitting you know 18 right against us but before that Last 10 games, 38 points, 36 points, 35 points, 38 points, 40 points, 38 points. Had a 37-point game, 31 against Memphis. Averaging 28.3 points per game, shooting over 51% from the field, averaging five rebounds and five assists, all-around player, and obviously has the Chicago Bulls as second seed in the Eastern Conference. Those would be my top five MVP candidates. Who I would give it to right now? It's hard between those top three. I mean, there's a little drop-off with Ja, but Ja's, like, right there. And, honestly, if he really finishes strong, it's going to be really interesting. But, man, you talk about those seasons from Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. I mean, shit. <laughs> you The only argument you can make is, hey, Giannis won two, Jokic won last year. You got to give it to Embiid. But those three, those top three really really separate themselves big time and it's crazy because we're talking about three guys that are seven footers you know it was crazy because a couple like you think about a couple years ago and we thought hey big men are are extinct like there's no room for no big man big men are boring this is all about guards it's all about guards this is a guard and wing league and three big men are the top three mvp candidates right now that's something to think about, right? <laughs> that, I mean, that that's just that, that's crazy. But hey, the Miami Heat, nonetheless, back to what we're talking about. First place in the Eastern Conference, beating the Chicago Bulls, holding the top seed, and we got some more fun, fun games this week. And, and it kicks off. It kicks off tomorrow night where we take on the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. 8 o'clock game. This is going to be fun to watch. This is a team that always always gives us trouble obviously we've beat them they've beat us it's pretty much never a close game either we smack them they smack us hopefully we get a good game i'm definitely up for this one i can't wait for this one to me this is the team right here that we kind of have like a low-key rivalry with you know us eliminating them them eliminating us and then just the constant shit talking between this these two teams I'm excited for this one. I think I think the Miami Heat are gonna get up for this. I mean, they have to. Like, I really, really want to get win a game in Milwaukee. Like, we haven't done it in a while. It it's it's time to go beat that ass. So I think the Heat'll get up for that. And then obviously second night of a back to back on Thursday in Brooklyn, taking on the Brooklyn Nets. I I mean, hey. <laughs> we we gotta beat them, right? We have to. And then Saturday taking on the Philadelphia 76ers at home in the Heat's house against James Harden and Joel Embiid. So we're talking about big, big games all week long. So we had Chicago last night. We got Milwaukee tomorrow, Brooklyn on Thursday, and then Philadelphia Saturday. This is awesome. This is all you can ask for as a fan. Your team is sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference, and now we're going against the best of the best. This is exactly what you want to see. You want to see where you rank up with these teams, where you stack up, what's the drop-off, what do we need to work on? Because, hey, we're in March. It's go time. You know, you finish March, you have a short April, and right there is playoffs. So I'm excited for these matchups. I think you guys should be too. Bucks, Nets, and then Sixers, it's going to be a fun, fun week of miami heat basketball all right so that's a wrap episode 59 in the books thank you so much for joining me on this podcast here today making me a part of your day and thank you so much for the support that you guys give me constantly hey the miami heat continuing to dominate i mean it this is amazing if you're not watching this heat season you are missing out all right there's about 20 games left i think a little bit under that Make sure you're tuning in. I mean, we got some more big games this week. So, especially that one against the Bucks tomorrow. You might want to start tuning in. We need all the support. Come on. Dolphin season is over. Come, come, come over and watch this Heat team continue to dominate. Because this team, I'm telling you something. I mean, they honestly could win the championship this year. If they stay healthy, if all things go right, if Victor Oladipo comes back and gives you something, this team could be destined to win. I'm telling you. So, make sure you're locked in and make sure you're locked into this podcast every week, all right? So, once again, thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast with Nando Diaz.